Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by my next big project. That's right. Uh, I am working on a big project and I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, if you go to bit.ly.com slash next big project, you will find out everything that you need to know. But I'm going to share more during this episode of the podcast. So stick around for that. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, a fellow productivity enthusiast, strategist, specialist, uh, all of those things combined, uh, Tanya Dalton is joining me on the show. She is a productivity expert who believes that too many people feel overwhelmed with all that they have to do each day. 
She owns Inkwell Press, which is a business focused on helping others use productivity to pursue big goals and then each day feeling satisfied and successful. You got to get behind that. And uh, her message about productivity, goals, and purpose have impacted thousands and inspired her to launch her podcast, Productivity Paradox. We talk about all things productivity in this episode. There's a lot to get to, a lot to unpack, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Tanya Dalton here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Tanya Dalton to the Productivityist Podcast. Tanya, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So it's not very often that I get to talk like and just geek out about productivity with with anyone. Normally, there's, you know, aspects of productivity that get touched on or time mm-hmm. management, but it, we seem to have quite a bit in common. Uh, do you want to do you want to share a little bit with my audience about like, first off, what what you do and and I know this sounds cliche, but the, you know, the typical question, because I get this a lot is, how did you get into productivity? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's, you know, that's the million dollar question, right? So um, I own Inkwell Press, which is a company focused on helping people find productive lives. So um, really at its heart, um, I believe that productivity is not about getting more done. It's about getting what's most important done. So we provide the tools to do it, but we also provide the training as well. So I have a podcast. I do episodes that I call Tanya TV on YouTube. We have courses um, and then we have the products as well. So we sell all different kinds of planners, um, daily planners, weekly planners, monthly planners, meal planners, fitness planners, all kinds of things to help people feel more productive and really um, focus on what is most important to them. So really prioritizing and living intentionally so that they really can focus on what matters most. I want to talk a little bit about this idea of the North Star. It's not a new concept to me, but you touch on it on your website. Mm-hmm. The idea of of the, your, the North Star that people should follow or what or what they should aspire to. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that and maybe what your North Star is? Yeah, absolutely, because that really does fit into, you know, in a way, how I got into productivity. So I talk to people about you know, following their North Star. And to me, your North Star is made up of three things. It's really what you're doing, so your mission statement, what you're dreaming, your vision statement, or where you want to go, and it's the defining things, the the core values, the, the things that are going to really get you there. So um, for me, it's taking those three things together and really allowing that to be the guiding point, the filter, really, ultimately, for what it is you want to do and how you want to get there. I think it's really important that we not just stumble through life and feel like it's just a series of things to check off our list. It really is about moving forward towards this path or towards this this um, way, this distance that we want to go to with a lot of intention. So for me, um, discovering this North Star was a real a big part of uh, creating Inkwell Press because I started my first business back in about 2008. I started with $50, going to be a side business, grew that to the point where my husband could come on board. And it really allowed us this lifestyle that we really loved, but I wasn't fulfilled by it. I did not love what I was doing. I didn't feel passionate about it. And I didn't I didn't feel passionate about what I was putting forth into the world. I wasn't happy with the impact I was making. And so um, I had to sit down and I had to figure out what was that? And is there, <laughs> I mean, the million dollar question really is, uh, is there anything out there that that really fulfills who I am and what I want to do? So I sat down and I thought about what were the things that really, you know, I felt passionate about. What was I, what, what did I really love about what I, I did with my old job and where did I think I wanted to go? 
And so through that process, I found that there were three things that really um, were at the heart of what I love to do. And that is educating others. I used to be a teacher, so I kind of can't leave that part of me Mm -hmm. behind. I'm always teaching others. I loved uh, empowering women, especially because I was doing a lot of small business consulting and teaching other women to grow businesses the way that I had. And I loved productivity because really that's what allowed me to take a business with $50 and grow it to the point where it could support my family. And so I wanted to connect those dots and really figure out you know, how I could bring those three things together. And through that process, that's how I developed Inkwell Press. So I like to say that we are really driven by our North Star. Every decision that we make, everything that we do is filtered through that North Star. So it has to fulfill the mission question, the vision question, and the core value question. Does it fulfill these things? Does this really go in the direction that I really want us to go with the vision of where Inkwell Press is going to go? Does it fit with the North Star that I have for me personally as well as the owner of the business? And so because of that, I think I'm, I've really been able to filter out, figure out what I want to say yes to and what I want to say no to. And I think that's really the beauty of having a North Star. It really gives you that permission at times mm-hmm. to say no. And it allows you the guidance to know the direction you want, want to really travel in and move forward in. So uh, one of the things I find when I'm when I'm working with people, either through coaching or, or you know, just talking with them or even talks mm-hmm. is uh, the challenge of sticking to that, of, of the the propensity for the brain and, and, and the speed of life to kind of steer you or cloud it put clouds <laughs> in front of your North Star. So you can't yes, see it. How do you how do you help? I mean, we all fall victim to it. Even people, you know, that that do this kind of thing for a living. We we all, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our, our our moments. How do you help people kind of when when either they say, uh, you know, I've lost sight of it temporarily mm-hmm. or or they they sit back and, and you'll get a, a little side eye from people from time to time saying, oh, well, taking time to do that just seems like it's going to take too long and, and I don't have time mm-hmm. for that. So how do you how do you deal with that? Right. Well, first of all, I love how you say that even though we talk about productivity, it doesn't mean that we're always productive or we're not no. flipping back. <laughs> we're humans too, right? Yep. Like yep. I'm always surprised when I say something about, you know, how I've wasted time or, and people will say, really, you've done that? I'm like, well, I am a person. So, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, but it really does help to have that North Star in place so you can see. And I think there are a lot of times where it gets clouded over. I think it gets you know, that North Star gets those clouds in front of it a lot of times when we are just kind of stuck in that rut of that busyness of life, of Mm -hmm. feeling like we need to do more or we have to say yes to so many things and our day just feels crammed full and we're operating a little bit on autopilot. And I think a lot of that happens, especially when we have a hard time differentiating between what is urgent and what is important. Right. Um, Oftentimes people feel like whatever is urgent well, it has to be important because it's the, you know, it's the loud beings and the loud, you know, sirens, it's the fires that need to be put out. And so a lot of people end up spending their days basically putting out fires all day long. And so they don't feel like they have the time or it feels like it's a luxury maybe to spend the time to really understand what that North Star is. So I spend a lot of time really talking to people too about understanding what is truly important to you and and prioritizing because I think prioritizing is at the heart of productivity, really making sure that you're working on the important things first. And so I usually tell people that tasks that are important are tied to this North Star. They are tied to your, your mission. They're tied to your vision. They're tied to your goals. 
There are things that must be done by you that are going to move you forward and that they're going to actively move you in that direction you want to go to versus things that are urgent, which is just based off time, Mm -hmm. nothing else. You know, tasks that are urgent tend to be the first things we do when we're looking down that to-do list because oftentimes it feels, you feel a little bit of relief, you know, getting those urgent items, uh, you know, checked off. And a lot of times they're really easy because they're not truly important to us. But because we're spending so much time on those tasks, we don't really have the time to be proactive and work on the important things. And spending time and understanding what your North Star is, you know, I'm sitting down and creating a goal setting plan, sitting down and creating a marketing plan or, you know, a budget for your family. All of those tasks are important, but they're not necessarily urgent. And even though they're really important and will really move you in that direction you want to go in, they often get pushed aside because we feel like we don't have the time. We live a lot of our life in this reactionary mode rather than being so, you know, more proactive in the tasks that we really want to do. Okay, we're going to take a break from the show to talk about my next big project, which is my book. I am working on a book and it is called Time crafting. That's the tentative title. And I've been working on it for a while. Uh, right now, what I'm doing is I'm kind of in that final manuscript phase. There's going to be a lot of things going on with the book. I, I like to think of this book as, uh, you know, I was watching Iron Man 2 the other night. Let's, let's, let's go there first. And the idea that Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark, said this is his legacy. And they talk a lot about legacy and they talk about, you know, life's work and things like that. I'm not going to say this is the only book I'm going to write. I've written before and I'm going to write more, but this is kind of the culmination of everything I've been working on to this point. So it's my life's work to this point, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. So if you go to bit.ly.com slash next big project, you can sign up to learn more, get updates, all that stuff as the book comes from concept to created. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing it to you, and I can't wait to see that happen. So uh, go to bit.ly.com slash next big project and check it out. Now let's get back to the show. Why do you think, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience, people are so hes- hesitant to put a productivity framework or system in place? I mean, I, I, from, from yeah. it, it, I think that there's, I find it as someone who studies this absolutely fascinating. And again, I'm really mm-hmm. close to it. So, you know, sometimes you, 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 you have to take a step back and get perspective from their vantage point. But people are like, like it just seems that one of the things I get is, yeah, but by putting this framework in place, it seems like you're, you're, you're not going to have that freedom or that spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Um, why, when you, when you come across people who are hesitant to adopt either your system or, and I know that you do like a cr- construct your own, cause I think it's, mm-hmm. it's very personal. Yes. Um, how do you deal with that? How do you help people, uh, understand that, look, if you put a, a process or framework in place, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't make you less human. You're not a robot. It makes, in fact, right. I would say, it, you know, like how, how do you do it? Cause I know how I do it. So I'd like to hear how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, you know, it really is that I think you hit the the nail on the head when you talked about that rigidity, right? Mm-hmm. That it's this really structured. And so it feels like it's going to be uncomfortable. I think that for a lot of people, productivity has failed them in the past or or we might put it another way. They might feel like they are a failure at productivity. Or they, or, 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 and I don't mean to cut you off, or they don't, or they don't truly understand what productivity actually is. They, they, they associate it with doing more stuff or doing stuff all the time. Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. I agree. People do get caught up in this idea of, of it is about doing more. 
And I think that oftentimes what people have found when they've maybe tried a productivity system before is that it is too rigid. I think that there are a lot of productivity systems that center on the system itself. And you're, you feel like you're supposed to work your life around that system. Mm-hmm. And for me, and the way that I talk about productivity, it really is the opposite. Your life and your priorities need to sit at the center of that. And then we create systems and you customize systems so they fit for you. And I, I think that really good productivity systems have to have that flexibility because life is flexible. Life ebbs and flows and has some great highs and some low lows. And we need to be able to allow for that. And we need to allow for the growth of who we are as we evolve over time. And so I think that's why you get a lot of pushback from people sometimes because they are used to thinking that these systems are rigid. They're used to thinking that this means I'm going to have to change my lifestyle. And nobody likes the, the, the sound of changing their lifestyle, right? It sounds like going on a really strict diet. doesn't mm-hmm. sound like fun. And so to me, it really is you create that foundation first of discovery of discovering what are your priorities, what are the things that are important to you, and then creating systems so that those things are what you spend the majority of your time on. And when you do that, productivity becomes fun because you're really happy with what you do. And that's really what life is all about, isn't it? Being happy and ending our days feeling satisfied. But because so many people do have this mindset that productivity is about doing more They run around busy all day long. And when they go to bed at night and they put their head on the pillow, they think, oh my gosh, I didn't do nearly enough. I could have done more, even though they were busy all day long. And that's that's really defeating. And it feels very unsatisfying to end our days that way. So it really is shifting this mindset for people, getting them to look at productivity through a new set of eyes and seeing it for what it really is. Over the years of studying this and being in the online space in, in productivity and time management, I've uh, initially, there were not a lot of women doing this stuff. It was a lot mm-hmm. of white dudes. <laughs> I am one of those white dudes. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing more women now than ever before, which I think is absolutely great because, uh, you know, it's it's a human experience. It's not exclusively a male right. or what. Have you found that too over the, like how, you've studied this for pretty much, I think around the same length of time. So mm-hmm. have you found that there's that, um, you know, there was a, a definite, and I know we're, we're drifting a little bit here, but I think it's, it's an important thing to note. Um, mm-hmm. Did you find the same experience? It was a lot of like, it was fairly a male dominated space and now there's more women or maybe you are the, you know, you're, you're ushering in seeing more women. It's just cause yeah. it's one of those things that, that, now I see it. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, whereas before mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, you had the the people that were like, you had the David Allens, you had the Stephen mm-hmm. Coveys, you had the, and we're taught, those are like the upper echelon. But I mean, even the people that are, that are like us, um, you know, th- there was no, it was, it was a predominantly a male, you know, male ruling kind of, kind of space. What do you, yes. what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. It's so funny because I was just speaking um, with Chris Bailey, who's a productivity expert. I was speaking to him yesterday and he said the exact same thing to me. So that's so funny. And he said the exact same thing. It's full of a lot of white guys, you know, (laughs) and and it really has been historically, you know, a male dominated topic. And even now I'm starting to see some more women. I'd love to see even more. Um, But it is a space that that is filled with a lot of men. And I think, you know, a lot of the advice they give is great. And I feel like it's very applicable. 
But it is really nice for a woman, especially maybe even speaking directly to other women, because we do have unique needs and we do things a little bit differently. And so to me, it is a fabulous thing. I think diversity in any space is is a good thing. And so it is nice to see more women speaking up about time management and productivity and and habits. Um, we're starting to see a little bit more of that. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing because I think it just brings more more thoughts and ideas to the table. And I think it's one of those things where um, there's never really a one size fits all for right, anyone. It's right. Kind of like a one size fits all shirt doesn't fit at all. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And so it's nice to have all these differing views and these these viewpoints where you can you can pick and choose a little bit from these different systems and find and customize really what works for you. And um, ultimately, that's really what, what I love seeing. So I'm, I'm happy that we are starting to see that diversity. I love that you're seeing that as well and that, that you're liking that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, today for the podcast, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to another woman, uh, you know, and I'm seeing more of that. It was really interesting. And and I think I think we all live in this bubble, too. Right. I mean, up until about probably mm-hmm. two years ago, um, my podcast was predominantly there were a lot of male guests and I got feedback saying, hey, you know, you need to have more women on the show. And my wife, who does a lot of the bookings of the guests, she, she took it upon herself to, you know, go and, and do some outreach on that front. And it, it didn't take much effort to have that happen. And I think it's because we all get kind of stuck in, like you were talking about earlier, we get stuck with our own perspective and our own mindsets about, you know, oh, this is what this is how this is. So therefore, mm-hmm. this is the way it should be. And right. you need to stretch, which, again, kind of ties in nicely to the idea of when people are trying to put their to-do list together or they have this – they'll, they'll read like getting things done, which I, I think has all the elements of a great system. But I think there's some you know factors to it that make it difficult for some people to yes. to adopt. Like you talked about, like you have to make this – you have to fit in the system instead of making the system work for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about um, apps when it comes to this stuff? Like, I mean, I – uh, if you've, I mean, that's been a change for me over the years too. I was a guy who wrote more about apps, mainly because I wrote in the tech space, and mm-hmm. I did talks for like the Omni Group and you know Todoist. Has, it's been well documented. I used Todoist and Asana, but I'm a big believer in that. You know, focus on the app within, right? The idea that the app right. is, uh, if the app, if you can't take the app and make it work for your system, then it's not going to be a good app for you. Same thing, and right. and and so touch on um, on. Number one, are are you using any apps? Number one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, when you put your planners together, how important was it for you to make them as flexible as possible so people could could customize them for for their needs? Yeah, those are great questions. First of all, I think one one of the things is there are some great apps out there, and I think you you really touched on this. Where if the app doesn't work for you, it's this idea again of it's not you conforming to the system. You need to get the system to conform to you, and that's. One of the problems that I find when I'm looking at apps is that the the limitation of them just by design is that they are rigid systems. And so they don't have that flexibility that I think is so important. Um, that said, I think there are some great apps out there. I mean, you mentioned Asana. That's something that I use uh, because I love the way that it can help me collaborate with other people, even people who are not in my office right. or you know, even in the same city. Um, the same thing with shared calendars. I think that's, I think it works really well, especially, you know, for my family, we do a shared calendar. So anytime somebody adds something to it, it, it shows up on this one main calendar. And so I think there's definitely a place, there's a marriage between the um, paper and technology. 
It's a matter of figuring that out for you. And I think one of the things is people feel like, well, I should just do it on technology because that's cutting edge. But often it really doesn't fit for you. And really, one of the reasons why I wanted to create a paper planner is that it's been proven time and time again that writing things down on paper makes you much more likely to actually achieve them. If you mm-hmm. write down your goals on paper, you're, I think it's like 47% more likely. I, I could have that number wrong, but it's something like that. 47% more likely to actually achieve them. Um, if you write down your to-do list or your, your list down on a piece of paper, you're going to do it more often than if you just type it in on your phone or on a keyboard. And so it does something very different. And I think that's one of the beauties of paper is that it is a flexible way to be productive. So with the planners that I created, there is a lot of flexibility in them. You know, it has some structure because I think structure is really important, but you're able to bend that structure a little bit. And the planners that I offer are um, created so that they can be fully customized, that you can take the pages out, put the pages where you want to put them. You know, you don't want to carry your whole year's with, worth with you. You can take that out. You want to add meal planner inserts in. You can do that. And so it really can be customized. And that's really what's important is having that flexibility, having that customization. So there's lots of parts to my, my planner that is designed to be flexible. Uh, it's really designed so that you can create the system that works for you. And when people purchase our, our planners, it comes with a series of videos that walks you through. And I've done this ever since I first started doing the planners, but it walks you through how you can make the different pages work for you. Well, here's an idea for maybe how you haven't thought about using a perpetual calendar, or here's a way that you can use the project tracker, or here's some thoughts and ideas. And then in these videos, we also work through some exercises of figuring out what are your priorities? Are you spending time on your priorities? What can we do to give you more time to focus on these things that are most important to you? And so for me, it is always been since the very beginning that the user, the person who's using the planner or using the product, they are at the center and they're creating it for themselves. But they're not starting from scratch because there's that structure there. And I think that's really important because starting with a blank page is really overwhelming for most people. Yeah, it, it you, you, one of the things that I, I talk about is like, if you're going to capture things on paper, have some way to capture it. Like, don't just write it down yes. because if you're not on a scrap sheet, no, yeah. no. But if you're going to have a scrap, you could write it down on a scrap sheet, but you better be consistent with the way you write it down on a, on, in your regular, like I, you know, like I talk about like action mode project, right? So if mm-hmm. you're going to write something down, attach a mode to it and attach a project to it or put the verb in front of it. Like make it so that when you look at that scrap of paper later, you it, it's not just a scrap of paper. It's something yeah. that you can clearly, and then you can transfer it into, you know, whether you're going to do it in digital or paper or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. As we get close to wrapping up here, uh, there's something that that I think uh, you could definitely speak to. And it, it it's one of those things that, that I... I don't, I find challenging with, with people when they, when they dive into this kind of stuff is mm-hmm. they, they want to do it all at once. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with that person. <laughs> so how do you, um, what's your ta- take and what's your ta- tactic when it comes to someone who comes to you and they say, okay, I bought the planner and I've got the system and I'm going to do it all now. And what do you say to them? Because, um, I know what, Again, anyone who's listened to the show knows what I do and follow my work knows what I do, but I'd like to hear how you kind of, you know, um, deal with that situation. Yeah, I'm on board with you. I'm all about taking big things and making them bite-sized, right? Eating the elephant uh, one bite at a time. 
And I think that people get really excited. They hear about a new system. They hear about, you know, a product and they want to jump all in. And I love that excitement. That's There's something to be said for that excitement. But what ends up happening is you're you're trying to do too much at the same time and you end up overwhelming yourself. And then you say, forget it. This is way too much work. And so I usually tell people, start small. Start with one small win. So you know, let's say that you are working towards a goal of having your house more organized, you know, figure out what's the smallest thing you can do for the next two weeks and focus just on that one thing and start building in some habits so that these become second nature and it becomes an easier process for you. Let's take the thinking out of it by creating some habits. So focus on one thing and one thing only that you're going to start doing or you're going to start changing about yourself or how you're doing these things and start with that one thing for two weeks, and then you can build on it if you feel like you're at that place where you're comfortable and it's feeling a little bit more of a, of a habit. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes is people do want to go all in. They want a full transformation. They want a magic pill where it's like, here you go. Here's the system and now go. But really, you have to take these systems with these small little bites so you can figure out how do I make this work for me and ask yourself, does this work for me? You know, just because somebody has told you this is how, you know, this is what works for them doesn't mean it necessarily works for you in the way that you run your life. So that's usually the advice I tell people, whether it's at a speaking event or, or a workshop or whatever, start with one, one thing that you feel excited about that you've learned today. And let's focus on that one thing. And then let's build up that momentum because one step leads to two steps, two steps leads to three steps. And then before you know it, you're off and running and you've got that momentum built. And that's so much easier than trying to start from a dead stop and go zero to 60, right? Mm -hmm. So take your time and really, um, really, really dive into to each step of the process and enjoy the journey. Don't just look at that end destination, but enjoy every step of the way. Last question. And this is, we it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. What, mm -hmm. is the, what is the thing that you still struggle with? when it comes to productivity and time management? Because we talked about being human and we talked about like as much as we live and breathe this stuff, you know, we we have our moments. What's the thing that you you find yourself challenged by on a more consistent basis than anything else? Yeah, that's a great question because I love I love this question because like I said, people assume that everything comes easy. But I one of my struggles is honestly getting enough sleep because I know that sleep is required. I know that it's an important thing, but um, oftentimes I struggle with getting enough sleep because a lot of times I, I do like to get up really early. I generally take a, um, I tell people I take a 26er, which is my 26 minute nap that I take in the afternoons, which is my ideal nap time. And that, that does help. But um, I do still struggle with it because I really enjoy my morning time, my morning routine, getting up early, feeling like uh, I've really worked on a priority first thing in the morning but I'm a night owl by nature. Yeah, so I have too. a really hard time, right? Yeah. And that's difficult because I do truly enjoy that morning time of getting up really early, having some quiet writing time, really thinking through some of the bigger tasks in my day. And that's when I can really focus on being proactive. But I really have a hard time going to sleep early because I like being up late. My body's like, you know what? Let's stay up late. And then I'm wanting to get up, you know, 4.35 in the morning. And sometimes my body just rebels. And rightly so. So that's definitely a struggle for me. Yeah, I'd say the same. I finally just decided to give up on the whole morning thing. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's like, don't fight your body clock. I mean, the only reason that I, I probably go to bed 
at about one in the morning now, uh, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, I'm, as I'm getting older, I think your body naturally says, okay, you know what, you're going to bed earlier. Um, but I get up at mm-hmm. around eight. So I get about six and a half to seven hours of sleep because by the time I go to bed at one, it's like I'm out. And, and I, I, I am a heavy sleeper, which I mean, if you're a night owl and a light sleeper, that's that's hard. Because that is hard. That yeah. is hard. And I don't know. Are you a light sleeper or are you a heavy sleeper? Well, I used to be a heavier sleeper. I've become a lighter sleeper, unfortunately. Right. And I try to fight that. Like I, One of the things that I have found that really helps me um, to get into a little bit of a deeper sleep mode is I put a sleep mask on and mm-hmm. something about that pressure on my eyes. And I think um, one of my challenges is turning my brain off because I keep thinking and thinking and thinking. And there's something about putting that that dark cover over my eyes that it's, I, it's a I don't trigger. know if my brain, yeah, yeah my, my brain thinks to itself, well, if you open your eyes, you're not going to see anything anyway. So yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, that soothes me somehow. And so um, I'm working on different techniques and how I can get myself to sleep a little bit better. I've tried, I'm trying like weighted blankets. I'm kind of experimenting with a few different things to see how I can get better sleep than what I'm getting right now. For me, um, my brain knows when I put my night guard in because I used to grind. Well, I do grind my teeth at night, but the uh-huh. night guard keeps me from doing it. When that goes in my mouth, it's like game over. Like it's, it's, it's again, yep. it's, and I think that that's the thing that uh, if you're going to start somewhere, and I think this is what, you know, people need to do is yes, there's some deeper things that you could start with, whether it's, you know, uh, learning a new system or adopting elements mm-hmm. of a new system, but it's those small little things like, you know, the old adage, like make your bed first thing in the morning or, right. you know, set out your clothes the night before, or, you know, like have like a, a two or three step morning routine and even an evening routine. I think those things are the the quick wins that you can get that, um, you know, I, I had a client that messaged me today and said, you know, that they, they, changed the way that they uh, had their house and car keys set, uh, where they put them, things like that. So that way that there was no guesswork when they were trying to deal with it. Like it, it seems rather banal, but those little yeah. things add up. It's it, so true. Yeah. And I think people undervalue that. They don't realize that a lot of times small changes really can be a big catalyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things when I first did a talk and we're talking like back, like at the earliest stages, back when I was still doing p- productivity parody, Lifehacker had a post out and I'll link to it in the show notes. It might even still be up uh, when Lifehacker actually, in my mind, did a lot more useful stuff. Uh, <laughs> True. True <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Last <laughs> night, I mean, uh, this is uh, last night I was showing somebody some of the stuff that Lifehacker's written. I, I, I don't know if how to uh, how to find a three set up a threesome is necessarily a life hack that we all want to want but um wrong. it depends on your lifestyle i guess <laughs> i guess you know to, to you know it's it's a very subjective thing but um one of the things that they they said and and it's not they aren't the first one to put up this trick but when you are trying to figure out what clothes you wear uh turn all like so you have you, you let's say you organize your closet turn all the hangers so that the open side mm-hmm. is facing out and then when you wear that article of clothing take the hanger off and put it so that the the hook the opening is facing in and then by the time the season's over you'll real you'll see what clothes you actually wore versus the ones you never do because our brain always goes oh I'll wear it. remember like you probably yeah. had this happen mm-hmm. i wear this all the time and then you look 3 months later and and you, you realize you, there's dust on it yeah exactly so like <laughs> Simple little things like that, that, I mean, you could do that even without organizing your closet. Just go in, turn all your hangers, and it's just that mental weight. 
I think that that you can take a little bit of pressure off your mind every single day so that um, not only do you keep yourself from getting distracted from those little things because you've uh, removed them. And so you can focus on the bigger things, those things that are important, you know, that like you're talking about, like getting towards that North Star, but also. Um, it just it feels it, you get that little dopamine hit that is much it's a much better yeah. dopamine hit than getting like a Facebook message or, you know, checking <laughs> yeah, an email yeah. like it's because the other things have have a have a snowball effect. Like they're, they they yeah. have a, they compound, whereas email certainly compounds in that it will never stop. Same thing with social media. It's mm-hmm. like you against the world. So which isn't, you know, I that's the other reason why I like paper. There's actually things what I'll do is I'll use Asana. And I'll look at my daily themes and the tasks that are like, so today, if today's audio day, which it is, I'll go into Asana, look at all my audio tasks, and then I'll take those audio tasks, with some of which have dates, some don't, and I'll mm-hmm. literally write them down on a sheet of paper in front of me and then get Asana out of the way. Because yep. I connected to Asana in the moment that I needed to, and now I need to connect with this other list. Yeah. Uh, and you, it, before you get a pop up, before you get the right. temptation to go to Facebook, before mm. you start getting tempted by your inbox, I completely agree. That's one of the that's one of the biggest problems I think with technology is that it's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It really is. You're you always you're always and, connected, and so and you're connected mm-hmm. often to the wrong things. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree. That's and I do the same thing with my Asana. I'll go and I'll check it. I look at my themes for the day, so we're obviously very aligned. Yep. And then um, then I write it down. You write it down and then you can figure out, then you look at the prioritization in, in terms of like, for me, it'll be energy levels, right? So if it's, especially now I'm on the road right now. So uh, even though it's audio day, I'll, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to this other person uh, in a couple hours, my audio tasks are going to be limited today, but that's okay because uh, like actual recording of audio, but I can do things like write show notes, you know, mm-hmm. read the books that people send me, uh, go in and say, okay, well, you know what? Let's let's get let's find out some like get those links for the, that I just mentioned like all those they're all audio day by the way is also and again this I think is um, really key is that you can um, if you if your themes are broad enough you can fit inside of them things that yeah. you wouldn't normally think to like audio day. I make all my phone calls that I need. I'll call my mom. I'll call my brother. I'll call you know why because audio the phone is audio. Like it just, right? my, it, 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 it just counts. makes sense. Right. And yeah, it's that flexibility, right? I mean, you're giving yourself that flexibility. So still some structure, but you have that flexibility for, for what, what you're going to be doing. It's not so rigid that you feel like, Oh, this is a time waster. Calling your mom is not a time waster. No, right? no, it, it, I would probably, and actually th- this is another interesting thing. I was reading an article today, I'll link to it in the show notes. My buddy Patrick Rohn shared it with me about like the to-do list and what should go on it. And people will often, um, and I know I said last question, but clearly we're moving on, uh, <laughs> is 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 personal stuff needs to go on there too. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll use a framework or a system or an app just for work. And then they get home and they're mm-hmm. like, well, now I don't need to use it anymore. I'm free. But it's the opposite because there you want to call your mom and you, the speed of light. It's like cats in the cradle, right? <laughs> like you will. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's those things. Thing yeah. We, we think about productivity for work. And I think this is one of the limitations we see a lot of times with the way people speak about productivity is they think about it for work. But it doesn't matter if you're bringing home the bacon and you're frying it up in a pan. If the kitchen is burning down around you, you have to take care of the home front because that's a foundation. 
you know, feeling good when you come in the door and feeling like there's some things in place so that laundry doesn't become this giant monster, uh, you know, that, that makes you feel more stress. So I think that's so true. Like, it's okay to use some of these work tools at home. Yeah, I it, well, and it, again, I think that you have to get out of the mindset that they're work tools. I mean, you're, 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 uh, you know, you talk about like li- the live well method, right? Mm-hmm. That, that living is work is part of life and life is part of work. I think, uh, and that's why I hate the term work life balance. I think it's more like, and you mentioned oh, harmony yeah, and you too. mentioned harmony. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've noticed that that's me. Like I'm all on board with that because I think that harmony is what you, there, it, it's clear they're interwoven. Technology has made that happen. The, the fact we can work from anywhere in the world has made that happen. Um, yes. so embrace, so rather than go, well, how do I balance these things? Because it, if you're trying to balance, that means one is definitely out of whack. And if you've ever tried to mm-hmm. balance something, it's, it's, it's a struggle. Like, especially, struggle. you know, but if you're looking at harmony, you could it, think about a song or a piece of art. Like there's a certain point where there, if it's too busy, then you want to take things out of it. Right. Or if mm-hmm. it, a song can sound great, like with just a melody, and then you start to layer harmonies, but eventually at some point you're like, okay, that's too much. It's got a bit too busy. Let's pull that out. Right. I think right. that that's what we, what, what you should be striving for is this har- harmony between, you know, work and life, because, you know, ultimately the whole process of, of living is made up of both of those things. So you can't, right. you can't shut one off and turn the other one on. I don't care if you're like creatives, especially I'm at a conference right now about creatives and I'm like, yeah, you guys like you live and breathe creativity. So it's not like I can say, okay, you're home now time to not be creative. Like you just can't, like it's par- part of yeah, the fabric. You can't shut that off. Yeah. It's part, it's the same thing with like, I mean, one of the things that, that I, I love about what I do and I'm sure you're the same is that it's always in the back of my mind, time management. Like, yeah, yes. uh, which is, yeah, I love the pain expression. Like, yeah, I yes. can't get away from it, even okay. if I wanted to, but I don't because I love it. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, I will, I will look at something and I will look at it through the lens of how does this apply to time management or mm-hmm. how does this apply to product? How can I bring, um, take something that is ordinary and apply it or extra- and, and make it extraordinary through the this lens of time. Like, uh, you know, we talked about breaking things down smaller, like grocery shopping. When people write down, like, get groceries, I'm like, is that a task or a project? It's a task. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a project. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do you know that? I'm like, okay, give it to your kid and say, go get groceries and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can tell you what you're going to come home with, but you're not going to be able to cook any dinners. Yeah. With it. <laughs> They're going to go, well, what grocery store do I go to? How do I get there? What, you know, yeah. what, what can you, I get all the candy? Yeah. Do I need to make a list? <laughs> what do we have? I'm like, it's a project. I, it's, we, yeah, we, there's we, lots of mini steps. Right. We compartmentalize it into a, you know, it's like driving a car. If you've read the power of habit, the same thing, like they talk right. about the idea of the basil ganglia. And, and it's like, when we're learning to drive a car, we have to take each individual piece but eventually over time, we learn that, okay, we get in the car and we just go, right? But we don't. Like, there's elements that we still do just subconsciously. Same thing with doing laundry. Same thing with getting groceries. But if you were to give it to someone that has never done it before, like, say, a child, um, yes. you're going. they're going to go, I don't know how to do laundry. Like, how do I operate the washing machine? What do you mean I have to separate the whites and darks? You know, what do you mean that yes. there's – like – It's funny you mentioned the driving because I'm teaching my son how to drive right now. 
and um, just figuring out how much pressure to apply apply to the gas and to the brake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, we really got to break this down even further. Shift, I mean, you don't shifting, realize shifting, how much. Ge- yeah, shifting gears. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, like eventually you just know, oh, now it's time. Now it's time. But it takes a while to figure that it out. Does. Yeah. yeah you, you think about like the things like the steering wheel and turning it on, but. The, it's the little things in there. The the how much pressure do you put for your foot? How how much do you turn the wheel? It it really is that that is a big project. <laughs> yeah. Drive. So so I think that that you know as as we wrap up here and we are definitely wrapping up at this point <laughs> is is you know this idea that this is a, a a lifestyle. It's a journey. It's an ongoing thing. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you, uh, how do you help people realize that that is the case? It's not a one and done. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. That, that idea that it's not a magic pill. I I usually tell people, especially, you know, when they're signing up to take the course or something like that, I try to be really frank with them and tell them that if you're looking for a magic pill, this is not going to be it because there is no magic pill. Mm -hmm. And so part of my messaging a lot uh, is about that idea of discovery of really starting with uncovering what is important to you. I think that helps people realize that there's going to be some work involved because I talk about the fact that, you know, sometimes we have to peel back the bandages and sometimes we don't like what we see, but those are good starting points. Those are good things to learn from, good things to, to show us where we do need to lean more into with our time and our energy and our focus. And so um, that's a lot of what I talk about to people is starting with that basis, that that foundation of of really uncovering what's important to you. And I think because of that messaging, I think people get it that I'm not going to just hand them something and say, now, now go do <laughs> just go do what I say, um, <laughs> because I just don't think that works. And at the end of the day, it's not about getting more people into the course or selling more, you know, more planners. To me, it really is about helping people create these lives that truly make them happy, that that they feel more intentional and they feel like they're really focusing their time on what's most important. That is really why I do what I do. It's not, it's never about the money. It's never about the number of tickets you sell. It is about getting people to really realize that that life that they really want, that life that they dream of is possible. You just have to really learn to focus and give your attention and your time where it matters most. Tanya, this has been a great conversation. I really want to thank you for joining me today. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Yeah, well, a great place to go is my website, inkwellpress.com. And when you go there, you can find links to my podcast. You can find links to my Tanya TV episodes. Um, You can find me on social media using um, at Inkwell Press. I also have an Instagram account, uh, Tanya Dalton, Tanya with an O. Um, And so people can find me. Lots of different places, but inkwellpress.com is a great hub for finding all the different things that I do. And you've got your own podcast, too. I do. So um, Productivity Paradox is the name of my podcast, and uh, you can get that at inkwellpress.com slash podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today, Tanya. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thanks so much for having me. And there you have it. Big thanks to Tanya for joining me on the show this week. Of course, you can read about all the things we talked about in the show notes, including relevant links, and check out everything that she has to offer through Inkwell Press, and check out her podcast, Productivity Paradox. I encourage you to do so. It's always great to talk to another productivity-passionate person, a person passionate about productivity. 
both of those things. <laughs> uh, thanks to John Polster for producing the show. This one was a tight one because, uh, you know, uh, and, and what I love about John is that uh, not only is he a great producer, he's a good friend. And uh, when I get far ahead with my interviews, I tend to, you know, think, oh, I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. So even I fall prey to my own, you know, uh, elements of procrastination from time to time. And John can kick my butt every once in a while. This episode was one of those. So thanks to John for doing that. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you enjoy the vulnerability that I just displayed, and you enjoy conversations like I had with Tanya, then please subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss a single episode. So whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify or wherever you're listening to podcasts, please subscribe to the show. And then one step beyond that is to leave a rating or review. John and I look uh, over those quite regularly, so that way we can make the show better. And uh, I encourage you to leave a rating and review for this episode or for the podcast as a whole. I really would appreciate that. And if you want to keep up with my next book, the next big project that I'm working on, my new book, then head over to bit.ly.com slash next big project and you can make that happen. Uh, thanks again to you for listening. Thanks to Tanya for joining me. Thanks to Connie for putting the show notes together. That's it for this week. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivities Podcast, reminding you, stop guessing and start going. See you later.